Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me! Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Brett Allen here, sitting down today with actor, storyteller, author, and producer uh, Jamie Andrews about a new book, The Brink, a memoir. And this is a very good book. It chronicles your growing up, basically, and your experiences you had with depression and drugs and institutionalization, all kinds of things, all before the age of 18. This is a very much in-depth story about your life. First of all, thank you for your time. And I appreciate this book. It's really good. Thank you so much, Brett. That means a lot to me. You know, I think I did a lot of the usual stuff teens do, but I kind of took it to another level and I'm just lucky I got out of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a lot of different experiences as I was cruising through the book. I mean, I'm just interested to know, like, at what point did you realize that you... I don't know, the term rock bottom, I think, is so overused. But like, when did you essentially realize that you had reached a point where you just couldn't go any further and you were able to break free from the bondage, so to speak, and really start putting the pieces back together? Well, here's a spoiler alert for you, Brett. Um, I didn't realize at the end of this book. Um, Obviously, when I had my psychotic episode, I had this new lease on life, didn't want to touch drugs again, wanted to be a good person, but I didn't really do the work it takes to do that. So when I went off to college, which is going to be the next book, which I've already started on, uh, things got way worse. Yeah, they usually do, like, right? You thought I did bad, I did bad. What's that? I said they usually do, right? That's typically the case. Yeah. And uh, the book, the next book starts at my rock bottom, which I'll I'll withhold from you for now. But uh, I was very lucky that I was always passionate about acting and that I had uh, a good mom and sister who kind of woke me up a little, whose love was worth fighting for. And um, yeah, the... The fact that I wanted to act meant a lot to me. I wanted to do better for myself. So I actually had a friend who took longer to get out of the scene we were in. And she said, you know, you're lucky you have something you're passionate about that really turned me around. So, yeah. And it's not about, I know it's not about replacing things necessarily. I don't think, but just new neuropaths and patterns, right? I mean, acting has always been a huge part of your life. I mean, I've seen you in different things. I, I was just looking back at things. I, I saw you in an episode or at least one or two of Chicago Fire. I mean, you've done a lot of different things. So I'm interested to know, like when you're putting to go t- together a book like this, like where do you even start? How do you decide where is the beginning, the middle and the end? Because you that's do a really, chronicle a lot of things. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I started on this book several times and the time it clicked, I actually wrote it 20 years ago. 
And I was afraid to put it out because I didn't want it to get in the way of my acting because it is, it's pretty scandalous. And, you know, I knew I couldn't necessarily be the mom selling you Cheerios if you saw that I had done all, all of these terrible things in my past. So I tried to publish it anonymously and the publisher wasn't interested in that because they market you as part of the book. Yeah. So, but getting started on it, I, I had several false starts and then I was broke my first year in LA and didn't have much of a social life to speak of. So I would just come home every day and write. And it took only three months. It just poured out of me. Um, I, I wish I remembered how I came up with, I love the beginning of it. I think it's so funny. Um, I'll, it's not too much of a giveaway since it's the first page, but it starts with me sitting at a desk on which is written, Jamie Andrews is a slut. So <laughs> confronting that, uh, which I hope I do with honesty and humor. Yeah. I mean, with a lot of these books, it, and it's not a dig on anybody, but a lot of times we just get like a lot of airing of dirty laundry and which I think sells, but then we get your perspective on this where we're talking about specific events, but also taking ownership of your actions. Right. I mean, even in the podcast, you talk about certain things too. So like, but your, your acting career is, I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is one of the things that really saved you was the fact that you had had so much success, even though it was a slow start. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a long road. I, I appreciate that you picked me up here and there. I've kind of been on the outskirts. Oh, I remember your Chicago Fire episode. I, I, I That's just the way my brain works. So, oh, yeah. that's a good brain. That's a very good brain. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, but even, you know, I'm 47 years old and that was my first network guest star. So, I mean, talk about the long way around. You know, I've been able to make a career with commercials and other, you know, off-network TV shows. And I've I've been able to make a life out of this, which is wonderful. But yeah, I've, I've kind of uh, toiled in obscurity. So it was like, might as well put this out. You know, I don't think it's going to hold me back. I've, I've since um, made myself okay with the events of it. I've come to peace with everything that happened in my earlier life. And so I'm like, well, maybe now even it would help at this point. And if it helps other people, that's what means the most to me. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're writing a book like this and you're talking about so much honesty, I think that really is one of the main goals, right? Is the hope that it does affect other people. What has the response been that you've gotten so far from it? Oh, it's been really lovely, uh, especially from people saying, I think this could help people. I have a cousin who's a, a preacher and a teacher, and he said he wishes he could give it to all his students mm. um, because he sees young women going down the path I went down. And maybe if they had this what not to do guide, that it would make a difference for them. And for people to know, wow, it got really bad for her. And look, she's, you know, surviving and thriving. You know, you can turn it around at any time. But uh, I, I've, really been heartwarmed by what people have been saying about it. Um, especially when they tell me, you know, they laughed, they cried, um, get all the emotions in there. 
Yeah. What well, is a very emotional filled book? Because you're, I think honesty is what draws people in. And the fact that you're obviously admitting that you've struggled in these certain areas, but also at such an young age too, but being able to really turn it around for the positive, write the book and have it impact lots of people. So you've written this book. You've also won several awards, uh, best uh, ladies blockbuster. You produced, wrote and starred in a film called the division. Yes. Uh, socially Just division. Ro- the division is something else. And I'm waiting for them to knock on my door and say, I can't use that title anymore. <laughs> the division is Coming out this year, I think. When you're just walking through life as a storyteller, as a creative, like where do you find your validation from now that you've done all these things and have all these accolades? Is it from friends? Is it from family? Is it uh, co-hosting a podcast with Daniel Baldwin? I mean, where does the validation come? Which that's another wild ride, by the way, which I will ask about that. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, life gets increasingly stranger with every passing year. Um, (laughs) Uh, but let's see, I'd say finally the validation comes from within myself. I think especially artists, um, well, everybody really often looks outside themselves for validation. And, um, I've now gotten to the point where I'm proud of what I've done. You know, what? I have to be honest again, though, when someone tells me they loved my book, you know, when someone says you did great on that show, when they say they love my movie, I, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. So I I can't lie and say that doesn't make me feel good. But I think more than ever, I've started feeling good just knowing that I put my heart into something, that I worked really hard for something, and that's satisfaction enough. Yeah, that has to be right. Because if you look for validation from other people, it might come in waves, but it's never really going to satisfy, right? You have to be happy with what you're doing yourself. Well, again, just looking at everything that you've done, um, you also were a part of True TV's World's Dumbest, which that's very cool too. How did that project come about? Oh gosh, it's been so long and it's funny because it's still airing. Yeah, I, it's, it's, that was one of their first like really big things that they did, like even before Practical Jokers maybe. Like that's, yeah, yeah that's big. Yeah, we were the lead in for that show. That show is so fun. Um, and it had already been going for a couple of years and it was established that it was kind of wayward celebrities and stand-ups. I was neither of those things, but one of the women on the show, Chelsea Peretti, had the same manager as I did. Okay. She said, do you want to go and try this? Because even though I didn't do stand-up, I was a comedic writer, um, and she thought I could give it a try, and sure enough, it stuck, and it's been one of my more enduring jobs. Like I'll still get recognized from it today. Yeah. No, I was going to say, because I do remember that show. Yeah. yeah, Chelsea Pretty. Yeah, we've had her on the show, too. I think that's, oh. yeah, a long time ago. That's very cool. You've just had a very well-seasoned life and career. I mean, the book, I think, is important and at the forefront. But, you know, I, if there was one thing that you want people to get from the book or just from your life that you've lived so well and you've grown and you've changed, like, how do you want people to be impacted? I want them to know that anything is possible. if 
the mess you find in the pages of the brink and turn around and live out their dreams uh, in Hollywood or wherever, then you can do it too. Yeah. And what a wild world Hollywood is. Well, let's talk about mm. the podcast, the Daniel, the Daniel Baldwin show podcast. How did you come into that? Because that's, that's great. It's yeah, no, it's pretty wild. Um, he was actually one of the celebrities on world's dumbest. And so we met at the Christmas parties. I think we did a couple sketches together um, and this is very strange. We grew up in adjacent towns on Long Island. Okay. And we learned while we were at a Christmas party or something, holiday party, that I worked my first real job at the mall, Sunrise Mall, <laughs> was for his mom. She ran this place called Quick Test, where people with clipboards stand in the hall and say- okay. Would you like to take a survey? Yeah, I know those guys. You smell perfume and stuff. Have you ever seen stuff like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, so it turned out I worked for his mom. So that was a really small world scenario. But uh, he and I stayed friends on Facebook. And he said he moved down to Atlanta. So then he posted... So, you know, obviously I was like, hey, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I'm looking for someone to be an on-camera personality. And I'm like, what is this? I'll bite. He didn't even say it was to co-host a podcast with him. He's like, I'm looking for someone to be an on-camera personality. Luckily happened to be surfing online that day, saw that and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down. And he said, oh. Forget it. We're not looking anymore. Jamie's going to do it because we have a really good rapport. And um, so we've only been doing it. It's, we're in our second month now. And he he's kind of like a balloon on a string and you have to you have to pull the balloon in. He's he's got a lot of energy, a lot of thoughts in his head. And um, I like to think I'm the Robin to his Howard Stern sort of thing. Like he'll say some controversial stuff and, you know, we pick on each other. It's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's a great show. Well, congratulations oh, on this. Absolutely. If people want to pick up the book, the brain gets available everywhere and through Amazon. Yeah. Yes, it is. And uh, there's also an audio book on audible, which I recommend because I read it myself and it was I had so much fun doing it that I can only think it's fun to hear too. That's very cool. And then the podcast is available everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, through this platform called iShook, but it goes out over YouTube as well. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. It's a wonderful book. And uh, I really Thanks for listening and being a part so of today's conversation. Thanks, thank if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A mega proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.